Welcome into Behind the Helm. This podcast features myself, Chief Dowden, a recruiter for the Navy in the Indiana area. However, it was originally created by Petty Officer Levesque and myself to bring together the military past, present, and future, and to describe military life and benefits a bit more in depth to give a better understanding and to show what it takes to make the ultimate sacrifice for your country. This podcast is for anyone, not just those looking to join the military, but also for those that are in, those who have retired, those who have just finished a service, or even those that just want to learn a little bit more information. You can watch the video of this show with bonus content on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our links are in the description, but you can also just search them. No matter what platform you're on and you're just listening to the podcast right now, make sure you go to all of them, find it, like it, share it, follow it, help us get this information out there. We appreciate you and are glad that you're here to listen and learn a little bit about what it takes to be in this military of ours. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Episode... 75 episode 75 uh today we are still the number one military podcast in all of indiana whoever put us in for that thank you very much i don't even know if it's official but if i keep saying it maybe it will be uh on top of that uh we're uh, gonna have an interesting episode have a little fun today mm. and catch up it's been a while been on break was sick was with my son last week but we're back all right so what are we doing today? Well, first off, if this is your first time here, thank you so very much. But if this is your 75th time here, you actually helped us reach that 800 followers here on Facebook. If you're on YouTube or Twitch, hey, that's awesome too. But we just recently reached 800 followers on Facebook, and I want you all to know that I appreciate every single one of you. I wanted to get to 1,000 by the end of the year. It didn't quite happen, but that's okay. It gives us another goal to reach for. Uh, so with that being said, for those who have been here, thank you. For those who are new here today, thank you. Make sure you throw your comments down below. Smash that like button. Make sure you share this feed. You hit the little bell. We're going to have a special guest. Uh, you know, it's another podcaster. Their podcast is going to kind of sponsor our podcast today. Uh, and that's E14, E-TAC-14. Uh, it is the Sailor's Voice. It is more for the enlisted sailor um, and enlisted personnel kind of dives in a little deeper where ours is more basic knowledge. So um, maybe, just maybe, you might see me on an episode of theirs coming up very soon. So before we get to our guest, we've got to do our homage to the Eagle. And I have, a, I have a good one. And I think the person who got it for me is actually probably going to be watching. If they're not now, they will be. Um, our... Chief's Mess at my command does kind of a secret Santa, and this year a good friend of mine, uh, Lauren Hepburn, uh, if you're out there, Lauren, thank you, got me and and she got me a pair of uh, Bears slippers for in the house, which I wear all the time, and a cool Chief shirt. But then she also got me uh, some Play-Doh, and I'm gonna give this to the Eagle for two reasons. One, um, it might have been for my son Logan. This isn't going in my house. So the eagle gets it, Lauren. It'll be forever enshrined uh, with the eagle. So, you know, hey, we're molding lives, right? The Navy molds people's lives, and that's what we're talking about, the military molding lives. So, you know what? What better place for it than right here with our eagle? Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren. If you're out there, appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for the welcome back. We were here last week. If you didn't watch the short episode about um, military children benefits, and I didn't get too deep into it. Uh, me and my son had just, we were still really actually kind of sick. We were on leave, but um, 100% now. So without further ado, I'd like to bring in my special guest. He is a retired senior chief from the Navy uh, with uh, just at or a little over, he'll, he'll tell you about it, 26 years of service. Uh, and we're going to talk about some stuff. So let me go ahead and, and bring him in. See if I can do it right. I always mess it up. I won't today. There he is. Uh, Heath Britt. Sir, can you hear me? Yes, sir. 
There he is. All right, good. Make sure you, you remember to unmute because done that before. So uh, good to have you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, your busy retired life, although we were talking before. And I know you're, you're also working uh, after retirement as well. Uh, thank you for being able to, uh, you know, take, take some time and be on the show with us. No, my pleasure, brother. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to it. Now, uh, where are you from originally, Heath? Well, I was born and raised in central Louisiana. Um, so yeah, out there in the country. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A little, little bit more South than where I've been in Louisiana, just like Shreveport. I mean, I've been to new Orleans, but that's different. Like, yeah, that's know. not even Louisiana. Yes. Yeah, it's, that's, it's <laughs> Europe smashed yeah, in Louisiana. That's, that's NOLA. That's, that's its own thing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, well first, like, you know, uh, you're retired. You were an ET, yeah. so for those who don't know what that job is, electronics technician. I'm a fire controlman, work with a lot of electronics. Um, but uh, you were in for a long time. So did you join right out of high school? or? Well, I mean, I did the whole, uh, I'm going to do a year. I decided to go to college. That didn't pan out for me. I was burnt out on school. Oops. Uh, so I discovered I discovered girls in bars. And then the finer things in college life. Right. And back then it was 18 to drink in Louisiana. So it was really easy access. So I did that for a year and then you just dated just yourself so I, bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I did. I am. I'm an old man, dude, compared to you guys. So, so I did that and then I wanted something with health insurance. So I joined the Navy. There you go. You, you, you just walk in. Nobody came. I did. Me. Yeah. I was an easy, easy sell. So why, why Navy? What, you know, cause if you were just a walk-in easy sale, you wanted to get out of there and get insurance. I mean, obviously like we've talked before on this show, cause we talked about all the branches, you know, we all have those benefits. Um, what, what was it for you? Well, it was, I had gone to the army. Uh, nah, they, it just went for me. I uh, did the Marine Corps and I had did pretty good on my ASVAB and they said, you could be a diesel mechanic. I was like, no, I don't want to work Not with vehicles. Air Force, Air Force, nobody was ever in the office. And then, uh, yeah. The Navy said, I, I got this. You can you can be an electronics technician. You work in air conditioned spaces and I said sold. Yeah. So Yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing made people more mad when I was on deployment um, in the Arabian Gulf where I would be standing watching like combat or before I was a combat watchstander in Caesar two, have my all weather jacket on. It's like hundred and ten degrees out on the deck. I come out to the smoke pit in my coach, boom, man, it's cold. Just to <laughs> Oh man, that's, you how you, that's how you that's how you piss off engineers. Oh my and, uh, god. And, fl and flight deck people if you're on the uh carrier. <laughs> oh man, they were uh, yeah, they would just stare at me like, you know, it is it is funny. So um but all right, so you joined. Uh now since you you know, you did a lot of time. Now where did you do boot camp at? did they still have the other boot camps? No, I'm not that old. It was still I can't remember what year it was that they <laughs> took those out. So it was still Great Lakes. I it was great Great Lakes. Uh they had Honestly, they hadn't shut down Orlando for too long, or San Diego, whichever it was. Mm. Uh, I joined in late 95. So they had, okay. it was just Great Lakes for uh, even like Tech Corps that ETs and FCs went through. Yep. Uh, back in the day, was still, right before I joined, a lot of my uh, sea daddies, we call them, mm -hmm. they had gone to, ETs had gone to Orlando for BEE or basic electronics. My, yeah. All my stuff was in Great Lakes. Yeah, mine too. Um, they, we still have, I don't, they changed the name of a few times of that basic electronics yeah. course that was kind of shorter. That was in Great Lakes. Uh, and then my A school was still in Great Lakes. Um, yep. And I know ETs are too. They do day and night. And then it wasn't until I got my, my specialty like for my C school that I went somewhere else and then I went to Dahlgren. Um, yep. Know. So now did you have a C school? Did you have kind of a follow on? Like I did. Specific? It was it what it wasn't a long one like you guys with the ages guys y'all have a long long mm -hmm. c school and i you know as an et um we typically typically get an a school every command we go to we get an a school yeah uh, for for orders or c school i'm sorry so i, I had a six week when it was flight deck communications it was basically what the uh okay it was walkie talkies basically with yeah. uh trunk walkie talkie system so it was six weeks long on 32nd street so it was it was it was in San Diego, so it was cool. What was really cool, like everybody in my class, we had gone to A school together. Yeah. So we just knew everybody. It was we didn't have yeah, to great. Learn, learn anything. So we had a good time. I had a great six weeks. Yeah, it was. It, I always tell, like especially new future sailors, I tell them like, look, like especially when they have these longer schools, because I was the same way. Like I'm in school and like, I'm just like, man, like I want to get out to the fleet. 
I want to go do my job, you know, and then another school, like, I was in school for almost two years, and I'm just like, man, like, ready to get out there, and it's like, you get out to the fleet, like, man, how do I go back to school, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. because it's, you don't realize it, like, I had a future sailor that got put on hold for a long time because of COVID stuff, and they were talking to me, and not a future sailor at the time, and said, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, it just kind of sucks, I said, why, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I'm on holds, and, you know, we can't really do anything. And, like, I just clean the same area, like, for two hours a day. I said, is that it? That's all you do? And you get put on liberty? Yeah. I said, you know there are people on deployment right now, right? That you're getting paid the same amount. It's like, trust me, enjoy this now. Like, it's, you know, take advantage of it, you know, when you get a chance to, especially when you're Great Lakes, you know, go down to Chicago if you're not from the area and, like, see Chicago and enjoy that. And, like, you know, you just kind of take it for granted because you join to go do something. You know, right. and, and you're ready to go do it. and um, But it's still it's still a good opportunity when you're doing that stuff. So you did your schooling, right? Uh, then yeah, man. Did, you went right to a C command? Yeah, I went to the USS Abraham Lincoln. At the time, it was out of Everett, Washington. Mm. So I was in the Pacific Northwest. So I did almost five years on that ship. Yeah. So did you, did you like Washington? I did, man. I mean, it was... I mean, coming from Louisiana, where it's always freaking hot, it was really nice to be in that climate where it yeah. rained quite a bit, but it never got too hot, which I really liked. We didn't have air conditioner in my place. I mean, you were being from Louisiana, like down in the dirty south like that. It, it's not yeah, that it rains. Down. It's that you're just wet all the time anyway because the humidity. Yeah, you know? you're, so, humidity, I mean, man. You're always wet. So yeah. it's like and when it does rain, man, it's like, you know, it's great. But then after it rains, it's just hot again. It's just even hotter. Yeah, you can't. There's no it doesn't matter if you're standing in the shade, like you can cut that air with the butter. So, I mean, like the rain up there, I'm sure probably didn't even bother you. And people I've talked to said it does rain a lot, but you just you're just used to it. Like you don't it, it you know, it is there's what it a is. fact. There's a factoid I found out when I was there. It actually rains more in Florida. More, they get more rain in Florida than than Washington. It's just because Washington doesn't rain hard. Or what? When I was there, it was just that that damn rain you couldn't set your uh, windshield wipers to. Yeah, yeah, just like that mist. You turn your windshield wipers on the lowest delay, and it will like hit it like twice, and it's like, Kah! like oh my god. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't rain hard, and it really didn't get super cold. You'd think that far north, you'd be like Chicago or something. It never got that cold. I mean, hmm. there's a, I, it might have snowed a few times while I was up there, but I was up there five years. Yeah, so that's. I mean, that's that's saying something. You would think that. I mean, because I was in Virginia, yeah. and I mean, it snowed there. You know, right. the icy stuff there, but. Man, that's cool. So you were you were there for like five years. Did sea duty there, right? Yep. Probably, did you see yep. any cool ports? What was your? Oh man, I loved it. It was great. I've never been in, I've never been out of the United States. We got to see Australia a couple times. Oh, you know. I heard that's awesome. Uh, I've been there and Tasmania, man. I've been there twice. Perth, wow. Australia, Hobart, Tasmania. I went twice. Perth, I went twice. Hong Kong, I went a couple times. Uh, then the Persian Gulf, Jabali, Jabali, Jabali. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sandbox, 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 yeah. Right. Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, it, it was good. But we hit our good ports on the way back from the, on the way out of the Gulf. So it, it was really that much sweeter. Yeah, because that, like, even the even the command's kind of winding down, too. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Right. Yeah, fun. Like, so you did that. Uh, after that tour, um, did you you go straight seashore? I did, man. I did. Uh, I went to another sea school. I got the TPX 42, which I had the old version. It's basically what the air traffic traffic controllers use on shore duty to to land airplanes. Okay. You know. Uh, yeah. I, I, it interacts with the, the at the time it was the GPN 27, which is just a, the, an airport radar. So they use a control aircraft. So I was at NES Corpus Christi. Texas. Okay. Texas. So that was good duty. That was great duty, man. Great yeah. Duty. It's it's crazy because there are some of those spots, like some of those 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 shore um, tours that we can go to. I mean, outside of recruiting, where you're not always sea based, like you're not right. um, ocean side, but not every job. Like you know, ET is one that can. Um, you know, like yeah. IS, like me, right. not gonna happen. No, you know, you were um, your rotation was probably trash, man. It's uh, it's um. It's supposed to be five and three, but I've extended recruiting a couple of times, so maybe we'll talk about that on Saturday. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, uh, but yeah, so you, you went and did that, and now, like, am I going to go through every single one? Like, kind of give us give us a rundown of, like, what, because you, you were in, you were active 26 years? 
Yeah, so a I've been time, to a few, man. Yeah, a few commands, you know, and always got a school in between. But the, uh, I did all together. I did five ships. I did a carrier. I did an LSD. I did a frigate. I did a mine hunter and a subtender. And then I've been to three shore three shore duties where I was at NES Corpus and then NES Kingsville twice. And then I did a NS. I retired at a naval special warfare tour, uh, tour in uh, South Mississippi. Wow. That's how was yeah. the subtender? I, um, my uh, old co-host, Payoff Levesque, out there. He said I, I was getting double audio. I just moved the speaker, Levesque. Let me know if that helped. I think it was just picking up the speakers. I was listening to Heath, um, but um, I've heard like subtenders. Now, at, at, when you were at that subtender, what what rank were you at the time? E five to E six. I made. E, I got there as E five, left to E six. Okay, because I have heard that like subtenders for like ETs. You know, it's one of those those myths that it, that's like a, a career killer. I don't think so, man, because I was overseas, which counts as overseas duty. Um, but I was a calibrator on there, and we didn't go underway a lot. The longest deployment we did was three months, but it was a hard three months. It, it was a, it's a pre it's a Cold War designed ship back when nobody was doing anything. So like we it had a lot of issues, a lot of. Uh, whole integrity issues, a lot of uh, engine issues. It, it was we've, it wasn't nothing to go dead in the water. Wow. I mean, it was it was a tough three months. Back, you know, the showers backing up. It, it was it was a tough three months. And you know, if it's like anything else, man, you care, you can find find something to do. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, but to go dead in the water. I'm sorry. I was trying to fix. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix it because the monitoring's not on. I guess I'm getting some double audio on my end. But I guess we're set to deal with it. So hopefully it's not too, too bad. Uh, but um, to go dead in the water like that, I'm sure that wasn't, like, that was not fun. Uh, that's, no, that's something man, we talk about, sucked. like, on the ship that you don't want to happen. No, it, it was, you know, it was hot. The AC goes off. You know, they, they had the backups on, but it's just, it just controls essential stuff. But mm -hmm. luckily... Luckily, we had no lights, but one of the TVs in the shop was was some reason wired to the to the backup generators. Wow! So we we had a little DVD player built in, or VCR or something, and we were able to at least watch a little TV until they got power back because we couldn't work. We couldn't calibrate in the dark. There was nothing to do. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So, um, what about uh, right before you retired? So you did 26. You know, minimum to retire is 20 for anybody right. who was curious. Uh, but right before you retired, what, what were you doing? What was that like kind of moonlight tour? Uh, it wasn't a moonlight. I probably the hardest job I ever had. I really? Was like, oh man. You know, you're a senior chief. You think, well, a senior chief's kind of like the E5 and the chief ranks, right? You just shine your boots. Yeah. No, not, not so much. I had a great shop though. Great, probably the most tight shop I ever had, but I was at Naval Special Warfare and we were in charge of all the comms and computers for the uh, not not just our command, but for the neighboring commands that was on the installation or around the installation, we supported troops, warfighters going deployment. So you're getting calls. You know, it might be noon their time, but it's midnight or one o'clock in the morning right. your time, because they were all over Southcom, Paycom, they were everywhere. And so we were constantly fielding stuff for the deployers, going just everybody with their little issues uh, with computers, uh, you know, around the command. I think you know. 10, I mean, there was probably eight of us, and we were in charge of probably just at the command four or five hundred computers. That's not even counting the communication gear we had. We had, you know, mobile communications we had to maintain too. It was it was tough. It was rewarding though because you felt like you really saw what you were doing right at, at at that level. And and I was the senior enlisted at the department, so I, I had a lot of say so. And then we were fighting COVID, which. You know, I, I, I complain about COVID at over there, what we had to do, but at least I wasn't out to sea. Now, that's a real pain in the butt, being out to sea during COVID. I had, so I feel, I feel lucky. The uh, the ships that set the records for being out yeah. to sea, I had three, three, two, no, three previous future sailors that that was their first deployment. And when they came back home, they told me about it. They were like, you know, they, they were just – and they said, I know it's not your fault. Like, nobody would have known. But they were like, yeah, that was miserable. I said, well, I mean, you just couldn't pull in anywhere. That's not how things are. But, no. man, they said it got it, – it really came to a point where it got real lax. 
like they really had to relax some standards because like they were going nuts they were going crazy you know just i mean not getting to pull in that's part of the point of going on deployment right like you're yeah. going into a port every month, every two months, getting to see some stuff, and you're just stuck out there. Like, right? I mean, you do all the hard stuff during sea trials, and when your stuff's yep. breaking, and you're trying to get the get the bugs out, and then on deployment, everything's kind of worked out, and you're just kind of doing your thing, normal routine, and you hit these ports, but you didn't have that. Which I feel bad for those guys that were. I feel bad for the the sailors and for the leaders. Oh which yeah. They're all sailors, but the senior sailors and the junior sailors, like nobody's ever had to lead in that kind of. No, not in our lifetime in that, in that no. kind, of circ- kind of circumstances. And I, I mean, people might complain, but dude, nobody's, this is uncharted water. It's the same thing. Like, and, and I'm sure, you know, since, since your wife is a recruiter, like you saw that too. Um, we saw that where recruiting was so good yeah. and then it just all kind of collapsed because of it. And the leaders that we've had were good leaders and it was always great, you know, but it, it was a whole new thing. It wasn't anything they were like, well, we know how to handle this. It was everybody's got to try to figure it out together. And, you know, it was it was a struggle and still is recruiting wise. But um, that's a story for a different time. So you decided to retire. after. Where was that at? Where were you at? Was was that in Virginia? No, no, no. That was in South Mississippi, uh, Southwest, around the Louisiana border. Okay, okay, okay. All right, cool. Special boat team 22. So they have the special boat teams. Uh, They have one there. They have one in. uh, Coronado and one in Little Creek. Yeah. So I was, you know, I think it's 12 on the West Coast, 20 on the East Coast, and I was in the South, which was 22. Okay. And uh, it was it was a it was a good command, man. I really loved it. Um, worked hard, but you know, it was very rewarding. That's great. There's um, one sec. I'm I'm gonna check this one setting. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's, I don't think that's it there, Levesque. It says it's all Behringer. I don't know. All right, I don't hear. I don't hear. I don't hear you, Brad. Uh, I did at first, and yeah. then after, I didn't hear you anymore. Uh, it's it's just what they're hearing live. So, but he's he. It's so funny because he's gone, and he still he'll hop on. And he tries to help me technically if anything's going wrong. I'm just like, man, right. one of these days I'm gonna figure it out. Uh, <laughs> one of these days, but. You know, if there's an echo, I apologize. Hopefully, there's going to be some great information. I'll let Heath talk more. That way, you don't hear it. Um, so, <laughs> you decide to retire, but um, now you're you're retired right now, and yep. your wife uh, is actually currently a active Navy chief, and she is in recruiting. Yes. And just recently, actually converted over to NC uh, CRF, uh, which is like career recruiter program. So basically, she's going to finish her career. Uh, to continue to recruit, um, but you you guys haven't been together super super long, I don't think. No, no, we got married in sixteen, two thousand sixteen. Uh, we started dating early or really early early fifteen, like January fifteen. Got married September sixteen. Now, where did you guys meet? Well, she was a reservist at the time. She oh, did okay. her. She joined. Uh, she joined out of college. Was an air traffic controller. Uh, NAS Corpus. I didn't meet her in NAS Corpus. She got there after I'd already left. And and then she got out and joined the reserves. And I, she was working for the Chief of Naval Air Training in Corpus. And I was a Navy chief at at NAS Kingsville. And being an air traffic controller at the time, I was at my third stint on an air station. I, we knew the same people, but didn't know each other. Right, right. Because I knew all the air tra- a lot of air traffic controllers. And I, through mutual friends, we kind of met. And, uh, and all the rest is history. Now, so you guys have been married for how long? Uh, it'll be seven years at the, in September of this year. Wow, seven years. So uh, yeah. just going to pause for a second. Make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, hit the bells, do everything. And just real quick, um, while we're sitting right here, I just want to show this. We're, if you are looking right now at Heath, you can see behind him the Sailor's Voice E14 podcast. Look at that sweet sign they got, right? That's like, how we roll, baby. That's how we roll. That's how they roll right there. Um <laughs> I just want to show, I'm going full page, so sorry, you're, you can see that sign there, but I just want to show you guys too, um, if you want to support or check out the E14 podcast, you definitely can, just like us, they are on YouTube, they are on Facebook, they are on um, anywhere you find a podcast, so Audible, uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, in fact, we use one of the same programs, but just to show you, here's YouTube, you can see they have a lot of different uh, videos, uh, goes back almost a year. And they actually um, 
aren't live. So uh, Heath actually takes the time to kind of actually edit it so that you don't hear dumb stuff like you are with me right now. And uh, they also are on Facebook. So make sure you go over and like them on Facebook as well. Uh, find them on podcast. Check their stuff out. Again, um, you know, little blurb. Uh, go ahead, Heath. What's What would you say is your guys' mission statement so that people know before they start listening to your podcast, like what it is? Basically, we're the, like you said, we're the sailor's voice. Uh, whatever a sailor is upset about, what they're happy about, what's what's kicking, what's new, uh, we want to know about it and, and spread, the, spread the word. Uh, like I, recently, I did one called Navy Coaching, that new coaching initiative the Navy's doing. I did a, had a Navy coach fresh, brand new, almost uh, out of school Navy coach, and we had him on. So, Anything new. I didn't know about the Navy coach thing. I, th- I thought it was interesting to find out things like that. Or sometimes you'll find me. I did one with a school teacher out of Idaho. He's a podcaster. And we sat around and and we compared what the, the difference, what the actual similarities of uh, teaching and military is. Yeah. So, yeah, it revolves around the military. So I think that this episode today is going to be very good for um, people who are, are currently in and that's really kind of what you guys target where um, we kind of target more just getting the information out there. Uh, just shout out. I see uh, Ron Patterson who is um, he's a member of my uh, American Legion post 391 out in Fortville. He said, uh, and and he was air force. So okay. I don't really take anything. He says too seriously. Can't do he it, said, man. He said, <laughs> when I was in Fort Lewis, I was told the rain was just good training weather uh, by training weather. Um, you mean they made you stay inside? I don't, would you, they went to McDonald's Burger King or Uh, Ron's a, Ron's a great guy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah. And anybody who's active duty or, or retired, or is just a veteran. Um, I've said it before, make sure you visit your local American Legion. You should be a member. It's good people helping good people with good causes. So, um, we're going to talk about some charity a little later, uh, when we get to our bonus content. So, uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes of, of what we're going to talk about today. So you and your wife have been married for um, coming on seven years, right? Yep. And yep. you were both active duty there for a time, right? Or we she was still, she was a reservist and you were active? No, no, we uh, were, well, she she was on CANREC orders recruiting. So Which she was like an active, active duty yeah. E6, you know, and I was an active duty E8 senior chief at the time. I don't like saying E8. I like saying senior chief. Yeah, senior chief. <laughs> which is an E8, but it's scene chief. Uh, right. He was, he was accepted. It's all good. Um, yeah. But uh, can you kind of run down, like, what are some difficulties that you guys saw with that? And then, but what are some of the benefits? Like, you can have a mill-to-mill relationship. Uh, it doesn't even have to be the same branch. A little easier if it is. Uh, but there it are helps. certain benefits that actually come come with that. Definitely, because, I mean, what – what better is to have your wife to do the same job, maybe not the same rate, but the same job as you do, you know, being an active duty in the military, especially in the same branch, you had a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think we were, we would able, would have been able to start this podcast that we do if it wasn't for that, that helps out a lot. Cause we have common, common values, mm-hmm. common morals, common, uh, you know, common lifestyle. So it made it, it made our uh, chemistry behind the mic a lot better. And another good thing, you know, you're both getting paid. That helps. That's always yeah. good. Yeah. And, and the paychecks are nice. That's one of the things too. So, and it's always something I, I'm telling you, I move over here. So our internet's fixed now. And then the, the light thing here doesn't work right. So I might just be in the dark for a little bit and then the light's going to pop on. I see you. I can, I can see you. Yeah. That's cool. So anyway, <laughs> um, with the pay, right? So you're getting paid. Uh, one thing that we've talked about is, is basic allowance for housing. So, you know, some people might think like, wow, like, are you banking two full BAH? No, but you are, you're not just getting one. So it's like one and right. a half, which is one in, one and three quarters, isn't it? I don't know. Like, so, it one yeah. And a half? I mean, it's yeah. less than a full two, but right. still like right. there are benefits of that. And then, um, the Navy, I know, especially will do all that they can. There's no guarantees because there's still a mission to be done. But if you have two, um, married sailors, they try to have it where one is on shore and one is on sea. Right. If, if right. they have that type of rotation, um, right. you know, they're not going to put you both out to sea, especially when you have a family or not try to. Um, so, you know, there's this misconception with the military that like, oh, if military wanted you to have a family, they would have issued it to you. No, like 100% we take care of family. Um, and then mill to mill even more so. 
right? Because now we're talking about two sailors. Right. I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, that's time being a senior chief. I had a lot, I was able to get a lot of information. So I knew for a fact before I retired, because uh, I was still bucking for a master chief when, before mm-hmm. I retired. So it had in my detail, or had a note in there that my wife was active duty also. Mm-hmm. And her detailer had the same note under her file. So they, they, and I didn't tell them, they just knew. They just knew. Yeah. They just knew. So that that's always in the back of their mind, I think. And I think they do everything they can. And I've known, I've known two air traffic control master chiefs. They were co-located. One was in Kingsville. One was in Corpus at the air, as air stations, which is only about less than an hour away from each other. So I think they do their best to, to co-locate military, uh, dual, dual mill married people. As much as they, as they can. And right. I apologize. I messed up. Ron, uh, he said he was infantry 82nd airborne with 72 jumps. I was, oh, uh, he was, I, right, I he was, was army, thinking, right? Yes. I was, uh, I was thinking of somebody else. So I'm sure at our next meeting, I'm going to hear about that. So, uh, rightfully so my bad, Ron. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, but Anyway, uh, let's, and then, so, you know, there are other benefits. We won't dive in too much into that, but know that it is possible, I think is the thing that I really right. wanted to, to, to talk about. And, but the big thing I want to talk about is retirement benefits. And the yeah. reason I want to talk about that is, is, you know, I know some about it, right? Uh, you've went through it, dealt with it. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I don't talk about it in my presentations or anything like that, because when I'm talking to high school kids, they're not thinking about retirement. I mean, it's never too early to start thinking about your retirement and your future, but they're not thinking about it and understanding like how beneficial it could be to at 38 years old be retired and receiving a pension because you start yeah. receiving it then. You're not waiting till you're 65. You know, you were active. You got out. Now you did 26. So again, you can do over 20 years, mm-hmm. but you know. Kind of, how did that process work for you, retirement? Because I've heard some, there are some horror stories because you got to make sure that, you you know, you're lined up. You have everything that you need to do. And this is where I will say, and, and sorry, I know I, I keep like leading you in and then stopping you. Um, this is another reason I would tell you, um, you should really visit um, your local American Legion VFW uh, because you're going to meet people who have either retired or, or have already worked with the VA. They have contacts or they may work at the VA. Um, and they're there to help you. So it's just another resource that is available to service members. Um, and, you know, I waited 11 years, 10 years before I ever joined. And I can tell you that I've already had help from these guys. And I'm just the young cat that's still active and they're still there for me. So, but how, how did that all look for you, Heath? Uh, i tell you what, I'm so glad I retired when I did. So, you know, I'm one <laughs> of the few people that would tell you that I'm glad I didn't make master chief, not because the Navy's changing. I would still do it now. It's because I was so happy. So down Jamie can focus on her career. Yeah. But it, I, I, I hear you when you say people don't plan on retiring. I don't think I even thought about it till I was in year 23 in the Navy. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. I was really slow, but I wasn't like bad with my money or anything, but I'm like, I can do this forever. Cause I enjoy going to work. I actually, Love going to work every day. Uh, so I, big thing, you got to, and I had a guy named Jeff Harris, a retired uh, master chief over there at 22 that helped me out a lot with, with this, but never wait too long to start documenting medical stuff. Yep. That is the big thing. I know, you know, and I was the same way. You, you're here to work. You're not here to go to medical. But if you're, if you need to go to medical, go to medical. Cause the only thing it has to be documented in your record one time. That's it. That's it. So but you got to make basically. sure it's in there. Like I had surgeries yeah. on my arms. They had to go in and move a nerve and they cut part of my tricep out in both my arms. Um, and I made sure like it's, you know, being on recruiting, I have my medical record, right? Cause like, right. It's not, um, I make sure of that. And then, you know, we're going to civilian doctors now and there's all this stuff. Well, that's not going into my, it is, but it isn't in my Navy record. So I got to make sure, you know, that I pay attention to that whenever I move on so that it's there because I've heard that. Cause if it's not documented, the, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Like That's I've true. heard that from even before I ever even joined from people who retired out, like, Hey, you make sure because that changes some of the benefits that for you and even for your family. Right. Right. Because if you're, if you're a hundred percent disabled, you, you got free college 
I mean, or you can pass it on to your kid, get free college. You know, you got the GI Bill and you got yep. that after retirement too. That's huge, 100% huge if you if you warrant it, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. I'm not telling anybody to scam the system, but, but make sure you, you get documented. And the thing about the civilian doctors, what I did, and I didn't really start going to a lot of them until right before I retired. Mm-hmm. So it was easy for me to keep copies of everything. Right. Every discharge paper I had a copy of. And I had a big old box, and that's where all my medical stuff went into. And so, and then not just your medical record, but you also have to go out. And I know if you're on a ship or in the, in the normal fleet, the, the, the main medical liaison you deal with has something on CD you need to get too. Yep. Yeah. So make sure you get your medical record, get your CD, any paperwork from a civilian doctor, keep all that. And, and it's never, it's never too early to start, to start uh, preparing for that. Mm-hmm. Because the military is going to get whatever, how many years you, if you did 20 years, they're going to get 20 years out of you. You got to make sure you get yours. Yeah. It ain't about, it ain't about what your, what your health is when you're 38. It's about what your health is when you're 68. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, the fact that at 38, you can, you know, because you're still you're still working age. You yeah. Know, how many oh, yeah. how many people like you're talking about teachers, stuff like that. And, and I think teachers are one of the most underpaid job um, teachers, you know, that you grew up with that, you know, they've been teaching for over 20 years. Why? Because they can't afford to retire. Right. You know, you, you join the military like uh, I, there's a really great um, guy over at one of these schools. He was in the Marines. He retired on the Marines and that paid for his teaching license and degree. Uh, and he teaches because he loves it. He has the passion for it. But he he's told me, he's like, if I didn't have my pension oh, from yeah. the military, I couldn't live on what I make as a teacher. So, you know, then you get the opportunity to double dip. Like, or can you retire and, like, be frugal and not do anything else for the rest of your life? Yeah, I mean, sure. But at 38, you know, 40, 45 even, like, why not, you know? Because uh, you know you still got something coming in that's going to pay your overhead. But right. then you can, you know, live a little nicer. And I'm sure you can get bored eventually, you know? Dude, trust me, I, I, I was there. Yeah. I was there. Now oh, you, man, I was now, bored to years. You guys started the podcast, so before you retired, right? Yeah, we started, uh, yeah, I was about a year before I retired. We started that. So we were both dual active duty. Uh, yeah. And like I said, it gave us a lot to talk about. Again, that's uh, E14, ETAC140. See it right behind Keith's head. Make sure that you uh, look them up. And you uh, you like and follow them. Listen to some of their episodes. Uh, they tend there's some longer ones. There's some shorter ones. It, it, it's all kinds of information. I mean, you guys. I mean, you hit anything, everything, and it's same thing. There are people from different services that have been on. It's not just Navy. It's a sailor's voice. But like one I listen to, you're talking to a retired retired out of the Army, I believe Ian, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and kind of talking about retirement and like you know, that transition and stuff as well. But it was more, not what the benefits are, but how does that transition look? And so that's a great episode too, to understand so that you can prepare that. Um, so if you're somebody in the military that's looking at retirement and you know that's coming up, you know, reach out to people who have retired um, and get that information. Like you can never have too much information, I think. Right. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't have a lot of information because, you know, you got to want it. You can't yep. just expect to come tell you stuff. So I started seeking it as I got closer to retirement. And, and another good thing, you get the, the medical benefits when you retire. Yeah. You still, you still keep TRICARE, but you're paying a little bit. But it's like, what, 500 bucks a year maybe? Don't, don't quote me on that. But it's not very expensive compared to the normal, the normal uh, medical insurance out there. But me, I don't pay anything. My, I use my wife. I right, use yeah. Now, now, so, you're, now you're just that dependent. I am, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over it, bud. I'm Heck all yeah. over it. Heck yeah, but you, we were talking before the show, and you know, you, you retired. You, you've been out now for two, what, two years? No, one, one year. Just, just one, one year. year. Halloween, maybe and, one year. And you're already, you already have another job. You already yeah, got man, bored. I, I did. No, I was bored way before now. I mean, we were in Louisiana still. That's where we came from. And I retired, but I knew Jamie was transferring. I just didn't know where, didn't know when. Right. So I didn't, I didn't want to start a job and then drag up, you know, a few months later, you know, mm-hmm. because I had to move. I didn't want to do that to a company. I actually got offered a GS-12 job out of retirement. I turned it down because of that. Oops. But, yeah, that's all right. Though. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, love my, I love my job now. I mean, within a month or, or less, or a month, a month and a half after I got here, I was already had a job. Yeah. Yeah, because so, you guys, well, you guys are down, 
you're in Louisiana, right? No, not now. We were. Now we're in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah, yeah you guys yeah. are up in Pennsylvania. And now, and you said you and Jamie both are from Louisiana originally. No, she's from Texas. Okay. Uh, we we were. I met her in Texas. I was stationed, like I said, in Kingsville. Okay. And then when I got when I got orders, she was a GS eleven when I got orders and I moved. Well, she deployed for a year right after we got married right. as a reservist. She came back. She has, uh, and then we left. But before that, she was a GS eleven. You know, had a good good job. And when we transferred, she looked for another GS job. And, I mean, there was things out there, but she had a passion to serve. Yeah. So she came back in. She heard about the CanRec orders for recruiting. Mm-hmm. She came back recruiting and killed it. And, yeah, she's been uh, killing it. Went, went career recruiter. Big big on, uh, did a lot of social media stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, she, I know she, I saw a lot of her stuff and have for a long time. Uh, when she was down, she was in New Orleans, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know. A little different Pennsylvania to to there, but you know it's just one of those things. So, what are other um, what are some other like major benefits that you can think of retirement wise that maybe you didn't know or like people you found out about later that maybe you wish you would have known? Well, I knew about most of it. And I, I suspected, but you know, a lot of people when they retire, like we said, they're young, right? They're young, you know, not even forty years old. And they can't retire, retire because either either they can't afford it or they're just bored. So there's job fairs out there just for military. That's how I got hired. Um, I tell you, I went to one of those job fairs. I had three interviews, got three offers, and I, I just picked the offer I wanted. So people have a lot of respect for military. Uh, just the fact that you show up to work on times is, is a huge deal in the in the civilian world. I think that people. Another thing that I brought up a lot too with retirement is that people don't realize that you become more marketable yes because of of like the discipline and all this and this that we tend to rope into military but there are a lot of companies that seek to hire veterans because they actually if they hire enough veterans it, it's a write-off it's a, it's a tax yeah. write-off um and you know security clearances if you need a security clearance for a job right. people don't realize like that costs like twenty thirty thousand dollars like depending mm-hmm. on the clearance and if you already have one that's still active it's a lot cheaper to renew it than it is to get a whole new one. Um, so we save people money and you're right. I mean, like on LinkedIn, there's, there's military job groups specifically for veterans and, and, you know, it's one of those things that don't, don't, don't wait, don't wait till you retire to to look, you can start looking at this stuff early. You know, Mm -hmm. one of our very first episodes, I think it was our very first one. We talked about the skill bridge program and I'll be honest, it was the first time I had ever heard of it. And it was a guy who only did like three years in the Navy and used it and now is just crushing it. Right. Yeah. That, that internship. So you already pretty much got a job when you retire. Yeah. Because you're getting still getting paid from the Navy. Um, Right. It's it's a paid internship through the Navy, and then you're learning a skill and getting your certificates. So, you know, I mean, there's ah, the the, ben, the benefits that are available. Like you said, you have to want it, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time. Like when it comes to education benefits and all those things, um, at the end of the day, we're doing a job, right? You might have some right. good mentors or leaders that that hey, you should really try to take a class or you should really be using us maps or you know hey show me the us maps you're doing every week but they have a job to do too and it's mission first now all the other extra benefits like nobody's gonna hold your hand you have to you have to want to to take advantage of it do a little research and that's why i like to kind of talk about it here and talk about it with my future sailors because there's there's so many things that if i would have known what i know now when i joined Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't imagine like where I would be. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's more, it's more than you could ever cover. You know, I tell you, it's, it's so, there's so much out there while you're in to, I know I don't necessarily push college, but there's nothing wrong with getting a few certs. Sure. Uh, like, like, you know, you know, security plus any of those computer certs if you're in IT field, because Navy Cool pays for that stuff as long as you're working in that field. You yep. Know. Navy Cool, US Maps, you know, I got Maps, a good buddy uh, that's, he got his journeyman electrician. He was an electrician's mate, got his journeyman electrician, and he's up in Kokomo and came right out of the Navy, not retired. I mean, he only did how many? I think he did eight years. And he came in getting paid higher than a journeyman uh, and did not have to do 
all like he didn't have to put in that time like they count all that but yeah. he also had that department of labor certificate like I mean, right but he lined himself up you know and for and i've learned a lot about electricians in the civilian where they start as apprentice which is you know not a glorified job I and mean, you're pretty much the 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 picker upper for the journeyman right you, you go fetch tools you dig the ditches or whatever needs to be done for the journeyman so if he's already starting out as a journeyman that's huge yeah yep go you know hey you're, you're the one carrying the spools the heavy spools and the yeah you're yeah. doing all the grunt work yeah Definitely. no thanks but and, yeah absolutely and, paid, so, and paid peanuts to do it <laughs> yeah so again make sure you smash that like button subscribe uh and and go check out e14 you know especially if you're active even if you're not i don't think that that heath or jamie are going to mind somebody subscribing uh that, no, not at all man yeah <laughs> you know we we enjoy we like seeing um you know posts and and uh messages and stuff when we're when we're live and even after the fact um but you know i really appreciate you coming on kind of talking a little bit about about the the retirement benefits and talking a little bit about mill to mill and, and introducing yourself and, and your podcast and just your service and i know up in that head of yours after 26 years there's so much information that you could probably just go on forever um i could i could and then man, but i know you can't and then you'd that. remember <laughs> you'd remember a whole bunch of other stuff afterwards yeah. like oh i should have told you about this i feel like that all the time but i actually um i wanted to uh roll into to some bonus content but before we do that um you don't know what we're doing i, I haven't no told idea. you all okay. i told you was is hey i need a i need a charity and uh you know we went with uh the valhalla project um if you've never heard of it, i'm gonna pull it up so everybody can see it real quick um they're real well known. I've talked about them before. The 22 a day, 22 push-ups a day. Um, all right. So the Valhalla Project, like I wear a bracelet, um, they help honor our nation's heroes. Every purchase helps uh, donate memorial plaques to the families of the fallen military, law enforcement, and first responders. So it's all of that. Uh, they have some great shirts. Um, they have them on sale all the time. They do a ton of stuff. It's a wonderful, wonderful charity. Um, definitely check it out. And especially if you are uh, in the military, you'll appreciate a lot of their um, like shirts, stuff like that. Uh, I wear a bracelet that that says keep effing going. Um, yeah. And that's just one of those things that like to us in the military is just a way that we, you know, the way that we cope with things is a little different. Um, and they understand that. And it's it's a great charity. So um, definitely check that out. Check out both podcasts. Make sure you you like and follow this podcast. And now I get the fun of telling you what we're going to be doing. Right. All right. So before I do that, I'm going to give you um, just a, a a minute here to you know go ahead and and I have to pull something up real quick. Nope, that's already pulled up. Uh, I'm going to pull your uh, frame up here, and I want you just to kind of you know. Talk about your podcast just a little bit, and like, uh, I know you did just a little bit, but give me just one minute. The floor is yours. All right, awesome, man. Uh, yeah, like I said, me and my wife Jamie, we do the E14 podcast, The Sailor's Voice. Uh, we're hitting almost two years. We started in January of 21. We talk about anything under the sun, military. Uh, we we want to know what you're thinking, sailors, uh, airmen, soldiers. Uh, we, we really don't care. It's called The Sailor's Voice because we're Navy centric. But we talk, we've had Army on, we've had Marine Corps on. We've done a lot of different things uh, with this podcast. We love doing it. Uh, we're everywhere. Uh, we're at ETAC14Podcast on Facebook, at E14Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and our YouTube channel, E14Podcast. We, uh, we've, we've, we've got a lot of cool episodes on. We've, we've talked to, we've actually had one with the former uh, Third Fleet command master chief so we've had some big big it's all the way from e3 four zone all the way to e9s you know fl uh flag cmcs had a, and uh, we've enjoyed every minute of it. it's been a it's been a good time and what was the um if if you don't mind uh i i like where it came from e14 we use e as an enlisted rank e e1 yeah through e9 what's the what's the e14 where'd that come? i know where it came from but where'd that come yeah from? It, it was j it was it's me and Jamie's ranks at the time. At the time I was a 
senior chief EH, she was a first class E6. We did the math, Navy math, and added together, made E14. But but actually, when we got married, I kept, I would always joke, you know, we get E14 pay. Yeah. And then when we think of the name of her podcast, I couldn't think of one. She goes, how about E14? I'm like, yeah, why did I think of that? That's yeah. Awesome. And then, you know, I will tell you, um, cause I'd saw her post about like making chief and this and that. It's like, Ooh, but it's not E14 anymore. Like, did you just yeah, jinx yourself into that. not making it? Uh, but everybody, you know, everybody says that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I just but, like so much marketing went into E14. Oh man. I know. Like when we <laughs> named, when we came, we tried a couple different names, me and pay off. I don't remember exactly how we landed on this one. And it's, I mean, you can just rack your brain on it forever and like never, yeah. you know, never be happy or satisfied with what, and then, you know, then you're just, you're there. So, um, I'm going to, can I, can I say one more thing before yeah. we kick off the boss? I just want to talk about something I'm kind of passionate about, uh, veteran suicide. Uh, you, you it triggered my memory. We talking about the Valhalla project. Yep. Uh, there's a episode we did. I didn't got to listen to it or anything, anybody, but it's called, uh, veteran suicide, the silent pandemic. It's uh, got a guy that started up the Green Star program. It's still on Congress's door, but it's about families of vet of veterans that have committed suicide. They get benefits like counseling that that the mm-hmm. military would get. They get it for no charge. Um, so ju- and that that starts with that. And it, and it you know if that gets going, they can spring off and do a lot of veterans uh, assistance for for suicide prevention. But I, I did an episode on it. I thought it was a a real worthwhile cause. And I just wanted to bring it up. So veteran suicide on E14 veteran suicide, the silent pandemic, check that out. And then what, what is the, the thing's name again? Uh, it's called, um, it's called veteran suicide. It's the green star program. Yeah. Green star, uh, the green star yeah. program. You check that out. It is one of those things. You know, Suicide happens everywhere. Um, unfortunately and we talked about the Valhalla project before and they're real big on that. that's why we do that's yeah. why they do the 22 a day um because unfortunately that is that is the average 22 um service members or veterans uh, commit suicide daily and you know it's right. one of those things is reach out and text somebody uh they say it on i don't yeah. know if you ever watched any of uh um oh man i can't think of it now the the military um oh, vet, veteran tv vet tv um, they okay. always say every episode, reach out and text somebody, you know, somebody you've served with, you know, check on them, you know. Uh, so definitely take a listen to that. Um, check out the Valhalla Project. You know, look, you don't have to be a service member to support it. You you see a T-shirt, you like it, go buy it. That money is going to to help people, to honor those people. So check that out. Um, and, you know, yeah, not to get real somber, but we'll have a little fun now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You were just behind the helm. If you want to watch that bonus content, make sure to head on over to Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, where it is available right now. No matter what platform you watch or listen to this show on, make sure you like it, follow it, share it, hit the bells, do whatever it takes to help grow this channel. You can also watch the episodes live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The link is in the description, but you can find it by searching Behind the Helm on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. Thank you again, and we hope to see you next time.